We will do final preparation work for this weekend's game with the Vanderbilt Commodores. Um, we'll tell you why Ole Miss is going to win this game and what exactly we want to see. Plus, Tom Vanderford right here on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hey, Ole Miss is going to beat Vanderbilt in Vanderbilt because Ole Miss has better players. There, roll credits. All she wrote. That is what we're talking about. No, we will get into it um, in a little bit more detail here in just a second. But honestly, that is kind of the gist of what's going on. Anyway, Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up at Underdog Fantasy with promo code Locked On. That's two words, and get your first deposit de- doubled up to a hundred bucks. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor: subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications when new videos go up, and of course, participate in the conversation yourself by commenting or upvoting the video itself. We would appreciate it very much. Anyway, so we are talking about the Ole Miss-Vanderbilt game tomorrow. It's actually a decently big game for Ole Miss, and that is basically because they have to rebound after a huge weekend against Kentucky. And with Auburn, another home game coming up right after that, there's a little bit of a sandwich game. But if you see rankings 1 through 14, everybody puts Vanderbilt at the bottom, almost like it's a habit. Do not listen to that. Do not li- That person is like, tell me you're not paying attention to college football without telling me you're not paying attention to college football. Vanderbilt should, at, a, at the lowest, be 12th right now. They have a chance to win an SEC game this year. We will see with the Vanderbilt Commodores. But it shouldn't be this weekend. Vanderbilt has two losses. Um, to number one, Alabama, which is expected, and number 15, Wake Forest. Well, now this is the third-ranked team that's going to play the Vanderbilt Commodores this year as number nine, Ole Miss, comes into town. So I don't know if Vandy has quite the horses to put up what's going on. I think Ole Miss has better players. Now, the we went over keys all week, and we're just going to succinctly put them into place for you. First thing Ole Miss needs to do, is play clean. That's the number one rule, no matter when you play somebody that might be at a talent disadvantage of you. You don't want to play poorly enough to where that talent advantage disappears and it evens up a little bit because that's how upsets happen. Whenever the lower talented team gets raised up in the level of play, that is how upsets happen. But in a situation like this game, I expect Ole Miss to win something in the neighborhood of 38 to 10, 38 to 17. This line, honestly, Ole Miss is favored by 17 points. has gone down from 18 and a half. The over-under has gone up from 59 to 62. Now, Ole Miss has been an under machine this year. So I would recommend that 62 points is not going to be scored. Um, 38 to 17 would put squarely at 56 points. You'd hit the under. So that's the type thing we're looking at 38 17 35 to 14 somewhere in that ballpark now 
Another reason Ole Miss will win this game is that A.J. Swan, even though he's a good quarterback, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but quarterbacks struggled the first time they faced this defense. The windows are a little bit smaller. You have to be really accurate, really precise with your throws, especially in the middle zone. Not necessarily with a three deep, but in the five across. The windows are going to be really short, and if you are a dink and dunk team, which Vandy, I think, might be, but I don't know if that's because they're trying to be or they have to be. But we'll see exactly what happens. Like Will Shepard um, has 25-ish catches on the year. They have another receiver with that. They have a running back with 400 yards. This is a competent, organized offensive unit, and we have not seen that in Vanderbilt in a few years. Last year, they had Mike Wright just basically running around, being an athlete back there because they had to be. They knew they couldn't block Ole Miss. They knew, and it ended up being like a 31-17 to game. There's a chance something similar to that happens again. Now, what I think might happen in this game, and I think everybody needs to pay attention to what's going on. A.J. Swan, I think, is a very good young quarterback, but he's a true freshman. I think in the first half, this defense gets him a little bit. He makes a couple of mistakes. And all of a sudden, at halftime, it's 28-3. to Something like that. 35-3. to Something happens in the first half where the game gets out of control. In the second half, Ole Miss kind of sleepwalks through again. Mike Wright gets inserted at quarterback. Vandy scores at a couple of touchdowns, and the final was 38-17. That is how I think this game might go. Whenever you start looking at how how you can look at this game, that just keeps getting stuck in my head. And that is the first half, Ole Miss kind of pulls away, and then Mike Wright comes in and comes and scores a couple of times. Now, depending on whether or not it's 35 or 38 in that scenario, depends probably on whether or not Ole Miss covers. Just keep that in mind as well. I don't know if I would touch the spread. It's kind of in the right spot. If you were going to bet Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, I would mess with the over-under. Like I said, Ole Miss is favored right now by 17 points. The over-under is at 62.5. This line and all lines on this show is brought to you by betonline.net. So check them out. Place your bet. Do whatever you need to do. It's where the game starts. Anyway, but that is how I kind of see this game going. Ole Miss needs to play clean. They need to clean up their snaps. They need to make sure there's no false start penalties. They don't need to turn the ball over. That's what I mean by play clean. Eliminate those three things. If that happens, Ole Miss wins this game in a boat race. Just just the way it is. Nothing against Vanderbilt, but this is a real thing. Last week against Kentucky, due to the snap situation, Ole Miss essentially played Kentucky offensively with one hand tied behind his back. And that is the damage that that, those snaps did to that game. But Ole Miss was able to win the game against a top-10 team at home. What will you do in your first SEC road game? Now, granted, Ole Miss is going to take a ton of people to Nashville because they always do. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. Vandy is not going to take many people to the home game because that is what they do. And... You will see a weird home field advantage that Vandy has in that game. And it's different than just about any other stadium in the country. 
And I point this out because a quarterback like Jackson Dart, he hasn't seen that before. And there's going to be a situation in this game where you look over and it looks like there's 75 people on the Vanderbilt side of the field. And then a whole bunch of Ole Miss people on the other side. It's going to look like an open scrimmage. That's what it's going to look like. And that can freak people out. And I've seen it freak people out. Not because Vanderbilt's tough, not because it's an interesting environment. It's just weird. Anytime you can hear the calls being made over TV, anytime you can hear the coaches yelling out at players, it's unnerving, it's unsettling, especially if you're on the player on the field because they're used to what they can see, what they can hear, what they can feel in the course of a game. And if any of that changes, it kind of gets amplified a little bit. So Vandy, in a way, has its own home field advantage because nobody goes. And the more people that Ole Miss puts in that stadium, the, the easier it'll be. If Ole Miss doesn't travel particularly well, that stadium could be very, very weird. That's all I'm saying. Now, it's not a hard environment. It's just a different environment. It's something that can freak young quarterbacks out, it can, young players out because they're not used to seeing it. I think they'll handle it fairly well, honestly. Um, but it's something that I feel the need that we should bring it up. That's all. So play clean in this game. Ole Miss wins the game. That's why Ole Miss beats Vandy. They will play clean. They are the better team. They are the more talented team. And as I showed you in yesterday's video, I think this is the week that Jackson Dart breaks out. This is the week he makes the plays necessary that kind of puts him into a, like an ease. He's starting to calm down. I told you this would happen whenever this quarterback competition was going on. As soon as Lane Kiffin settles and names his, his quarterback, all of a sudden the quarterback play is going to get better. And that's exactly what we've seen. Whenever somebody is constantly not worried about every little mistake, it gets a little bit easier. It gets a little bit better. It gets a little bit more fun. And you're going to see Jackson Dart progressing down that road as this season goes on. You got Vanderbilt this week. You got Auburn next week. You got Texas A&M the week after that. That is three levels right there. Your defense is going to get better each time. Then you have LSU, another good defense. I'd probably put them on the letter level of A&M. And then you get a bye week, and Alabama comes to town. There's five games right now that we're looking towards, and if Ole Miss takes care of business. That Alabama game could be huge. That LSU game could be huge. But these are going to be big big tests in the progression of Jackson Dart as a quarterback. I think Jackson Dart is going to be fine. He, he showed in the Kentucky game that the moment was not too big for him. That was my big scare of a young quarterback, is would the moment kind of envelop him? Would he kind of look like that really good college quarterback getting to the NFL and just kind of shrink? And all of a sudden, you're like, well, he, he doesn't quite have it, does he? But Jackson Dart did not shrink in that game. And this will be a different game, and it will, it will start the development curve to get him ready for Alabama. Because like I told you, I told you yesterday, I've told you for two months, I've told you for three months, I don't know how long, the key to this season is maximizing the quarterback position. And 
every snap is meaningful for doing that, especially with the snaps that were lost in the early part of the season. This will be meaningful for Jackson Dart. This will be meaningful for um, the Ole Miss offense to get going. So I'm excited about that. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to spice up college football this season. So I want to emphasize it is insanely easy. Basically what you do, go to the website, create an account, look for a different pick'em choices for your team each week. doesn't have to just be Ole Miss. It could be anybody. So you might say at Underdog Fantasy, I am saying Jackson Dart will throw over 230 yards or Jonathan Mingo will have over 60 yards receiving or higher, I should say, higher numbers. And it's a higher or lower type situation. And you pick those players and you identify them. You choose them and you handle that. And you can have like three or four players chosen and you can actually win real money. So go to the underdog website and make those picks. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players, like I said, across any team, not just Ole Miss, and decide whether or not they'll finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win a cold, hard cash. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. that's one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks. That's right. Deposit 100 bucks, get 100 bucks free, Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store, the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. That's all one word. Get on in on the college football pick'em action today. All right, thanks for making the Lockdown on this podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Do us a favor and leave a five-star review on there. Um, doesn't matter what you say. Just just give us a five-star review. You can put a five-star review on there and then talk about how I am an unbelievable narcissist and um, always think I'm right and I'm a know-it-all and all that stuff. You can do say all that stuff. Just make sure it's a five-star review. And the reason we ask you to do that is if you search in the Google machine, Ole Miss Podcast, the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast comes up from the top left. So these ratings help that happen. So thank you very much for doing it. And thank you for those who will do it. So we should see. Anyway, in the first segment, we talked about why Ole Miss is going to win this game. Just period. Now, we're going to talk in this segment about what exactly we want to see. What would make us happy? And number one would be the snaps being good. And everything's taken care of. The snaps are in a good place and in position. This offense should hum. And it's going to be a more dangerous offense than they have been. Period. So the snaps need to be on point. Second, I want to see Jackson Dart relax and throw the football. I think they threw it 27 times, something like that, 28 times last week. They threw it a good bit, maybe 29. But I want to see that continue. But I want to see more short and intermediate passes put into the test. Not every attempt needs to be 16-plus yards downfield. You need to hit some low stuff, run some mesh concepts, just some quick outs, some hitches, some stuff like that, because they're giving you this. 
as they've seen Ole Miss over the last couple of weeks, the DBs are sinking, and they're playing off sometimes up to 10 yards where you could just turn and throw it out there. You make one guy miss, and all of a sudden all sorts of magic can happen. But until they are forced to even respect that, they will sink back and slurp back and play it 10 yards off the ball and just say, okay, beat me deep. And if you can do that, we'll give you a cookie, essentially. So I'm looking for some short and intermediate in the passing game, but I want to see Jackson Dart throwing the football more often. I want to see this, if there's 80 plays in this game, I want to see it 35 passes, 45 runs. That That is the ratio I want to see in this game. And it, it, it could be a really interesting situation because if you do this and it becomes off, all of a sudden you become more of a weapon going into the Auburn game. There's more stuff that they have to prepare for. There's more things that all of a sudden LSU is worried about, more things that A&M is worried about. So it should be really interesting to see the offense, how they come together over the next month. This is a huge month in the season. Fall camp was the first major. Beginning of the season was huge. Now we're into an even more important phase of the offensive development, period. And then we get into November, and as Houston Nutt always used to say, they remember what you do in November. So it should be pretty cool. Um, I want to see Michael Triggs show up. He has the ta- all the talent in the world, but there's just little things that he needs to lock in on. And if he does that, he can be such the better player because he has all the talent in the world. He's a super athlete. But as the middle of the field opens up, he needs to be there to take it over. He needs to be able to there to take what is given to him. He needs to be there to freak out the free safety. That's what I want to see. I want to see a breakout game from Michael Trigg. Now, he's caught like four or five touchdowns this year. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to see six catches for 88 yards out of Michael Trigg this weekend. That's the stat line that I want to see from Michael Trigg. I don't care if he gets in the end zone. I want to see him consistently used in the pass game, and I want him to see him just scaring those linebackers to death. I want to see Jalen Robinson, who Lane Kiffin said was healthy for the first time um, since like week one or what something like that. I want to see him go in this road game and make plays as well. I want to see him be used in the jet sweep game. The rumor is um, that Caleb Warren could play this weekend. But if not, you have Nick Broker. We'll see how the snap situation looks. But if it does, he snaps with enough velocity that if he's on target most of the time, you can use the middle of the field in the RPO game. You can use the jet sweep game. He has that ability. So I want to see Jalen Robinson almost wake wake up, awaken this season, and make some plays for Jackson Dart and the Ole Miss offense that makes the middle of the field even more dangerous. Remember, this offense, I've said for a year at this point, this offense's whole goal is to torture linebackers. They want a linebacker to not know if he needs to step forward, to the right, to the left, step back in pass coverage, buy that extra half second for whatever you're doing, and all of a sudden the hole opens up in the run game, they miss a fit, or they don't get back enough in a pass game. Either way, the linebacker can never be right, and that's the reason I refer to this as a system that tortures linebackers. 
Now, we need to get in that place because through five games, we have not been there. They've been able to step forward, guard the run, and that's really all they had to do. So, it'll be interesting to see if the middle of the field that works against these Vanderbilt players because they're not great against the pass. They're not great against the run. But you need the free safety to be able to sink down, which will open up the deep game. The free safety worrying about Michael Trigg and Jalen Robinson will open up the deep game of Jonathan Mingo and Malik Heath. That's the next step. We've been saying that for weeks at this point, but that is the next step. Anyway, when we come back from this break, Tom Vanderford comes to talk about all things Ole Miss, the game last week against Kentucky, the game tomorrow against Vanderbilt, and he'll give a little prediction as well. But until then... Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by upvoting and commenting on the thread. I'm here with Tom Vanderford for his weekly Friday segment. We're going to talk about all things Ole Miss sports. How you doing, Tom? Hey, I'm doing great. Best I've felt in a long time. Yeah, that is fantastic um are you you're doing the radiation now i start that monday okay i start radiation and the chemo pill monday so they gave me a little bit of a rest time in between chemo and radiation and mm. i know why now because today's the first day in months i felt like me yeah so yeah. yeah yeah you probably get to just get that little gift but just to know about the radiation it's going to be weird. It's going to feel like a sunburn. It just is. Yep. So just expect that. No problem. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we did a stripe out against Kentucky. It went fairly well. The fans actually participated. Kind of blew my mind a little bit. And they created a, a great atmosphere at 11 a.m., Tommy. It, it was pretty good I, to see. I can't believe it. I, <laughs> I just when they've tried to do things before, like everybody wear this color or everybody wear that color, it's just, you know, blown up in their face. But the stripe out impressed the heck out of me Hmm. Uh, because I personally know people who have always been, I'm going to wear what I want to, that were like, oh, I'm in the blue section or I'm in the red section. I'm going to, so they're buying, the the people I know anyway are buying into Lane Kiffin. They're buying into what he's building at Ole Miss. And I expect the stands to be sold out and full against Auburn, even though it's an 11 o'clock game. Now, I can remember years ago, 11 o'clock games, man, you just, you could forget it. There'd, there'd be five to 10,000 empty seats, you know. Um, but he's really got, uh, the fans have bought into what he's selling. Yeah, the changing landscape of TV. The reason everybody looks down at 11 o'clock is because that was the original JP game, the Lincoln Financial right. game. Whenever that happened, that was like the sixth SEC pick of the weekend uh, at 11.18 on Saturday morning. And everybody has in there, after 20 years of doing that, well, they're just like, okay, 11 o'clock is that. But that's not the case um, with the 11 o'clock ESPN game. It might be the case for SEC Network. It might be the case for ESPNU. That's not the case for ESPN. So, I mean, the Red River rivalry is going to kick off at 11 a.m. on ABC Saturday. 
Does that think, mean they think any less of it? No, they want that. Right. They're going straight from game day mm-hmm. to Oxford, mm-hmm. you know, on ESPN. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So you you got to look at it positive. You got to look at it positive. Yeah, so, I was some... really impressed with how we played Kentucky. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I had a friend of mine here that was watching it with me. He's a Southern Miss guy. And when number two had that big run, uh, mm-hmm. catch and run for Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, I I left the room and lost my religion for a while. And and then, then he's like, hey, hey, Kentucky fumbled. I ran back down here and rewound it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, that was that was a wonderful and, – and they never gave up. Mm-hmm. They never gave up, you know, and one of our transfers, you know, uh, Jared, I got the, yeah, got the, got the strip and one of our transfers from a couple of years ago from, mm-hmm. uh, Canada fell on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's just shows more how Lane and his staff know how to find what they need. Yeah, And I don't think this defense – I think I read where you said this too, but I agree with it. I don't think this defense has reached its full potential, and I know the offense has. No, yeah, yeah. They're so far for this team to go to hit their ceiling, and they've already mm-hmm. got a top ten win this season. I mean, that that's exactly. important to realize for people following Ole Miss football. People say, well, Kentucky lost that game. No, they didn't. A block kick and two strip fumbles – that that is not Kentucky's fault for doing it. it there's people trying on the other side as well, and exactly. um, yeah, it, it's just, just a crazy thing. But some people just need to complain. They need to find something. Even my father sent me a text message after the Ole Miss Kentucky game that just said Kiffin lucked out again, and it was like okay, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got I got a text from somebody that said, "Well, we stole that one." And I'm like, "Hey, I'll take it. A dub's mm-hmm. a dub." Yeah, and uh, the team grew from it. You know, the defense got more confidence. I haven't seen an old Miss defense hit like that since 2015. Yeah, yeah, they're good. they were lightened Levis up. I you saw know, somebody. I, on... As a matter of fact, I think I read today he might not play this weekend. Yeah. I... Yeah, I, I saw that as well. And if that happens, maybe South Carolina has a chance of keeping it within a touchdown. I still don't think exactly. South Carolina will win the game, but no. maybe they have a chance to do it because I just do not like Spencer Rattler. I, it, I don't either. I, yeah. I am so happy we dodged that bullet. Yeah. <laughs> he He's a mess, man. And, you know, I saw somebody on Twitter talk about this defense and they compared it to a – Basically, an angry middle school field trip of unruly kids as far as undersized people just causing all kinds of havoc coming from everywhere. And, you know, it it just makes sense. I I agree. I like it. I like it, too. Mm -hmm. I like it, too. And I think it's going to work really well against teams that run and against teams that predominantly pass. Mm -hmm. We've We've got those hybrid combo safeties that, that will knock your jock off, mm. you know, and uh, they can come up quick and, 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 you know, stop the edge runs and, and, you know, we've got enough beef up front where we can, uh, 
we can do better with the run game total, you know. So I think something that opened my eyes last week is is when Georgia Tech beat Pitt. Yes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, me, when you makes see Makes me wonder if Tennessee like, is good. Right. Well, and yeah. in the same way, you know, uh, Appalachian State, you know, Troy took them right to the brink. Mm-hmm. So you, you see where your teams that you played are playing other people better. And that just gives you a little bit more confidence. Yeah. You know, um, the Vanderbilt game this weekend, though, uh, anybody that's been an Ole Miss fan for very long knows that this is their Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, but I don't think they, I don't think they've got the horses to stay up with us. But they're improved. They're improved. Yeah. If if we play them like we played them last year at home. Uh, it's going to be a close game, yeah. But I think I think I have faith that Lane Kiffin and company know what to do. You know, Clark Lee, he's going to be he's going to be a good head coach for them. Yeah. But I, I've got I've got faith that we can throw the ball on them. I've got faith we can run the ball. I think we can run the ball on anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I describe Vandy um, this week as they're not a good team. Don't hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying they're better. So the Vandy exactly. that you saw over the last five years, this isn't that team. This is a right. little bit more organized. This is a competent team offensively and defensively. They just don't have the horses yet to compete. But right. I would put them in 12th in the conference right now ahead of Missouri and Auburn. I would too. Yeah. I, would too. I think they're 3-2, and two, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they played Wake Forest decent. Wake yeah. Forest is a, is a, is a good team, uh, but and it is at Vandy and so on and so forth. But right now, I just think that we've got too much talent for them. Yeah. You know, once yeah. again, what Lane did a great job in the transfer portal, and and we're finding out that they found the right fits. I was worried about, and I think everybody was, about team cohesion and how everybody was going to melt, gel together. But if you saw, after the Kentucky game, the locker room video, man, they're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw Dart and Aishin Young hugging each other. You know, everybody just getting along just great. They... They did a fantastic job getting all these kids to come together. Yeah, and I think and everybody – Oh, go everybody, ahead. Everybody needs to realize a finish like 2008 is possible with this team. Definitely. So, yeah, if they hit their ceiling, let's say they – it could start with that Texas A&M game, and then November that just shoots through. So mm-hmm. there's, there's about three or four different ways this season could go, and three of them – are unbelievably positive, and one of them kind of is meh, but that's kind of what the season looks like now. Oh, definitely. I can, and and you know, you can't, you know, these 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 bowl previews or these bowl mm-hmm. predictions, they don't mean anything. But at the beginning of the year, we we were predicted in the lower tier bowls, and now, I mean, I saw somebody predict us in the orange bowl. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, and of course, that goes with winning and. So on and so forth, I saw a lot of people, uh, you'll like this pick, a lot of people uh, put us in the Citrus Bowl, which would be right down your alley. 
Yeah. Yeah. Orange Bowl, Citrus Bowl. Yeah, let's do it. I go. So I I just, uh, we have a lot of positives, and uh, it looks to me like the roadmap to get better each week is is working. Mm -hmm. Um, I have seen vast improvements on offense and defense from game one to, to game five. Yeah, and speaking of that, let's let's talk about um, Jackson Dart a little bit. Talk about Jackson Dart versus Troy versus what you saw against Kentucky because I saw a really improved quarterback. Not a finished product. He's not where he needs to be, but he's two or three steps above the where where he started at. Oh, definitely, and I think with more reps, uh, he'll get even better. Now he had that one that one mistake against uh, against Kentucky, that one pick. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, he, he ran it when he needed to. He made the right reads. He had some wonderful throws. Uh, that one throw to Malik Heath, mm-hmm. actually two of them, he was, he was throwing off of his back foot. Yeah, he you throws know, that Because right, the right, rush really was coming, pretty. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a beautiful ball both times. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, by the way, I'd argue that first incompletion was a completion, but that's nah, beyond beside the point. But <laughs> – um, yeah, no, he he looks good. And and speaking of Malik, he he's emerging as a uh, a weapon. Yeah, you know he 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 had some uh, some issues at Mississippi State, and uh, Lane brought him in and and has coached him up. And and from everything that I can find out, he's a he's a, a model kid at Ole yeah. Miss. So and he he knows that you know the pro mindset the money year so on and so forth but he's very talented very you know, talented he's, he's very a good humble. offset to mingo right yeah because you know kentucky was double teaming mingo and mm-hmm. and heath was eating them up yeah so. absolutely and like i said if jalen robinson comes back this week you have um jordan watkins who has worked in that slot receiver and was kind yep. of he's kind of developing a rapport so if jalen robinson doesn't kind of grab that position by the horns this weekend um he might not do it for the rest of the year um so what score yeah. predictions for this weekend do you have tom uh old miss 37 uh vanderbilt 14 okay i i went with 38 14 so you know brilliant yep. minds right so yeah yeah exactly yeah, I think this is a game where um, A.J. Swan is going to have trouble against Ole Miss's defense. He's a true freshman quarterback. He, I think he's going to get fooled a couple of times with this defense. Yeah, I think so too. I think mm-hmm. they're gonna they're, they're gonna scheme in the in the defensive backfield. I mean, we may get a couple of picks. Um, we've got the horses up front when they're healthy to to put some heat on the quarterback. You know, I love what. And, and I hope I'm not going over on my time, but I got to say this. I love what Chris Partridge is doing with this defense, him and yeah. Mo Crum. Yeah. Uh, last year and the year before last, and it may have been because of talent. I'm sure some of it was because of talent. But I saw the same thing with Texas A&M against Mississippi State this weekend. Durkin is very, very conservative. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw him rush three all weekend, not blitz much, and he got tore apart. And I don't think you'll see that with this this Chris Partridge Mo Crum defense. I we're going to bring some people at different times. We're going to do some funky things, and and we've got better talent than we had last year. 
more of it actually. So you know, we've got when you have more depth, and uh, I just think we're really a good team. Yeah, we've got the capability of being the best team we've been in a long, long time. We're we're definitely the most talented potentially in my lifetime. I agree. I agree mm-hmm. from top to bottom. I agree. Yeah. I mean, when you've got people like Kentrell Bullock that are like not getting touches, yeah. you know, they'd have been in the rotation five years ago. Uh, it's just different. I, and, 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 and I can't stress enough. I, uh, I, I, oh, I say, I say we owe it all to Lane Kiffin. Yeah. And I think he's bought in. He's, he's, he's established a culture. Uh, it's working. And he's building something special in Oxford. And that's why you get those snarky comments on, you know, our comments on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Because when Ole Miss is just mediocre Ole Miss, it's no big deal. But when they see what Lane's doing, mm-hmm. it uh, it worries some of them. You should. I, I, had a tweet, I had a tweet. I had a tweet. Yesterday, that just simply said, um, people get genuinely upset. They can't stand to see a confident Ole Miss fan. And the media can't stand to see a confident Ole Miss. So both of those, whenever you see outsiders get angry, and they just want to put Ole Miss back in that box. And I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, Not as long as we have Lane Kiffin. It's not going to happen. And you know he's he's a he's a sharp guy. He's a mm-hmm. sharp guy. I can't say enough good things about him. We're very fortunate to have him. Yeah, enrollments and up, staff. everything's up, and it's because of Lane yep. Kiffin. Pay the man exactly. whatever it takes to keep him. He's he's a treasure. Exactly. In it. Yeah, we're in the top ten. We're going to Sugar Bowls. Lane Kiffin's here. What can we not do that he wants to do? I mean, that's the question you have to answer. The reason that he would leave is because he wants to do something that he feels like he can't do here. Exactly. What would that thing be? And the answer is nothing, especially not nothing. Auburn. Yeah, nothing. I, when he came to Ole Miss, he said, I know we can win here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on a national championship team and came in here and got beat. Mm-hmm. So I know that you can win at Ole Miss. Yeah, if Ole Miss goes to a New Year's Six bowl game this year, if they go to the Orange Bowl like is predicted, right. that'll be four New Year's Six bowl games in eight years. You can win yep. at Ole Miss. For a little Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in the COVID year, he got us to our first ever Outback Bowl. Yeah, right you know, right down so, the road. Yeah, Outback, Sugar, and mm-hmm. whatever we get this year. Hey, these are great times. Yeah. It's a great it's time fantastic. to be a Rebel. Yeah, if we don't if we don't make it to the New Year's Six, we haven't been to a Citrus Bowl. I would I would right. enjoy that. I would go down there and we would do some kind of locked on party that week. Oh yeah, yeah, and, it would be awesome. Yeah, it'd be a ton of fun. But it should yep. be fun anyway. Get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen every day. Host Chris Gordy and local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in thirty minutes. It's make Locked On SEC your second listen. Locked on SEC. Tom, thank you so much, man. Enjoy the game. And, of yep. course, um, I, I'm looking forward to it to next week already because I'm sure by the time you speak, on we, we record this on Thursday for people that don't know. 
by the time right. Thursday hit, I'm going to be just triggered at Auburn fans because I'm going to hear so much about Lane Kiffin leaving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. More power to them. Anyway, more take care, Tom. To take care. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. <laughs>